Coming up, the latest on the Mar-a-Lago gate hoax. No, Trump did not have any nuclear secrets. We will explain. Plus, the Iran nuclear deal is off the table. And that is exactly what Iran wants. Do not let the media fool you. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, she says that it is immoral to send illegals to Chicago. Immoral! It's immoral! And look, she may have a point because... Her city is actually more dangerous than Kabul, Afghanistan. So is it really fair to send illegals to a very dangerous city like Chicago? We'll get to all of that coming up. CNN says that thermometers are racist. You cannot make this stuff up. Yeah, CNN says these temporal thermometers, these forehead thermometers, they only work on whites and not on blacks because of their skin tone, which is probably true. And CNN Heavily, they they put out an article about this, heavily insinuating that the thermometer company is racist because the thermometers only work on white skin and not on black skin. Here's the headline, the CNN headline, quote, forehead thermometers may be less accurate at detecting fevers in black people. And thermometers and pulse oximeters, by the way, they are racist against blacks. When you read the article, it's like, all right, listen, there's some truth here. There are some facts that may be. But who do you blame? It's called science. I mean, are they science deniers? It's called skin tone. CNN has a headline. In this article, they have a subheadline, a bigger systemic problem, a much bigger systemic problem. And I want to read you here some excerpts. The inaccuracies in how a device may perform in black and brown patients are why it's important for research to be more inclusive and involve people of color in clinical trials. So the people who conducted the study when they were testing out these thermometers on people, they didn't use enough black and enough brown people. That's the issue over here. So it it, it comes down to racism. They need to be more inclusive. Historically, I'm quoting from CNN, it is more difficult to include, uh, to recruit people of color for clinical trials because in the past they were abused. But back to this article, this reflects a much bigger systemic problem We need to make sure, they're quoting some expert here, some expert, we need to make sure that the research we perform is more inclusive so that we avoid these unintended intended consequences of the technology we develop. And basically, the idea is the science is interesting, but I don't want to bore you to tears, but pulse oximeters and temporal thermometers, they operate by capturing light under the skin to measure temperature, to measure oxygen. And if if there's darker skin tone, then the pigmentation affects how the light is absorbed so the technology doesn't work. So basically... They should do more of the testing on black people and the thermometers and the pulse oximeters are racist. There's your CNN narrative. All right, so let's get to the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago because everybody is obsessed with this. And by the way, now they're like uh, investigating Trump for like some kind of tax fraud or something. So literally, as we always tell you, jumps literally from one hoax to the next. They have not found that this man is, is, has been more investigated than Alexei Navalny, you know, than like Putin's arch enemy, the KGB's uh, arch enemies in Soviet Russia. Uh, and, and they always exonerate him. So now we know there is no evidence that Trump was in possession of any sort of sensitive or classified documents. And how do we know this? Because of the mainstream media. What's amazing is any time there's a Trump scandal, the giveaway that he's innocent is always the media because I'll literally read the worst. I'll read the most, the biggest bombshell when it was the Russia collusion narrative or the January 6th or the Ukraine phone call. I'll go to like, all right, let me see the worst thing that they're saying. And it's always a nothing burger. So if and they're trying, they're doing contortions and they're like literally the media, they're making stuff up. And even the stuff they make up is not is not incriminating. So it's like the opposite of Hunter. Contrast Trump. To Hillary for a moment. 
Trump literally held on to millions of documents that, that, that were taken from the White House so that they could be returned because they were under subpoena. So like Trump – and again, are they going to find some kind of like technical crime, some national archive crime? Who knows? But I don't care about any of that. That's bogus. But the point is that Trump literally had the he, – he didn't – he could have – he could have shredded these documents. He didn't shred the documents. Con- contrast it to Hillary, right, where Hillary had 33,000 emails on a private server, illegal emails. Oh, but she had no intent, right? So those are under subpoena. They subpoenaed Hillary's emails. What did she do? She deleted 33,000 emails. She obstructed justice, and she wiped the server clean with bleach bit. And yet there was no raid on Hillary's estate, of course, but with Trump where he actually saved the documents and they were available when they were subpoenaed. Uh, that, that of course, you know, Trump is, th- th- there's this massive raid in Mar-a-Lago. So, and it's literally, you have, let's say, Hunter Biden or the, or the Clinton scandals, right? Where the media covers everything up. You need to hunt and dig for the truth with Hunter Biden. I mean, this is the, the like one of the most corrupt individuals in, in, in U.S. history. And like the media, like after two years, unless you read, you know, the, the really conservative media, I mean, e- even Fox News doesn't tell you the whole story. So like like with Trump, uh, like the media will have nothing. I, I mean, it, it's the ultimate exoneration. And, and with Hunter Biden, it's, it's, it's the polar opposite. So here are the details that we now know because the FBI and, and they're appointing a special master and good. Well, now the DOJ is appealing it. But out of millions of documents, there were only a few that were classified and like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of documents. Only a few of them were classified. And the latest fake news story is, oh, well, Trump was in possession of nuclear secrets. And I look at this and I'm looking at like the headlines, literally these like very, very tantalizing headlines, which turn out to be phony, which is Trump in possession of nuclear secrets. But when you read the details, it is it is fake news. And it turns out that a federal judge has appointed a special master to go through the documents and take anything Trump is saying that he had a lot of private personal documents that were seized by the FBI. They seized his passports at one point, by the way, but they returned those. And Trump is basically saying that there, there are documents that are protected by executive privilege and by attorney-client privilege. And the, a judge, a federal judge, uh, who's actually uh, approved by the Senate, the, 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 the judge who approved the FBI raid in Mar-a-Lago is actually just a magistrate. There is no Senate approval. A magistrate is a very low-level judge. Here you have an actual Senate-approved judge saying that there should be a special master to just literally just go through the documents and just make sure the because the FBI they're so corrupt in the deep state, right? So the media is 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 livid and the DOJ is livid and the DOJ is appealing the ruling. What could the harm be of having an objective outsider, a special master, literally just go through the papers to protect Trump? Meanwhile, so the media is claiming Trump had nuclear secrets, right? Number one, they were not American nuclear secrets. When you read it, you think, oh, wow, Trump has the nuclear codes. He has like the, the, the code to get into the nuclear football and like launch, uh, you know, atomic, atomic weapons, nuclear weapons. And, it, and it's not true. These were not American nuclear secrets. Number two, they were not secrets. They were not secrets. Trump had a document with some foreign countries' defense capabilities. We have no idea which country. And it, it, you can literally find this stuff on Wikipedia. Defense capabilities, there's nothing secret there. It, it's like saying what kind of weaponry they have or how many missiles they have or whatever. This is stuff you read about in the New York Times, and it's not even known. Nobody has actually said that the document with the nuclear secrets was classified. There is, There are some documents in what they took out, they seized from Trump that were classified. But 
this document with the nuclear secrets, that was not classified, or at least there's no indication that was classified. So the media is reporting Trump had nuclear secrets in his possession. They make it sound as though he had U.S. nuclear secrets. They make it sound as though he had classified secrets. They're not secrets at all. They make it sound as though he has something that he shouldn't have. Number one, he probably declassified anything that was classified. He's the president. Number two, this was not necessarily classified. This is like how many like warships China had or how many warships, I don't know, Israel has or, or, or Ukraine or who knows what country. So again, the media is just finding – like they're finding some random fact – that they know you're gonna find, you know, it's gonna sound incriminating, and then they make it sound like Watergate, and you actually read the story, and it's nothing. It's and and it's a hoax. So it's really just astonishing. And uh, there's nothing, as I said, there's nothing problematic here. I know people are like getting, you know, this is it. This is real. He's going to jail. Ag Barr said that Trump is going to be indicted. He actually think, thinks Trump is going to be. Indicted. I still stand by what I said. I don't think Trump is going to be indicted. Look, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Ag Barr certainly is very familiar with the DOJ. But I believe this is all political. And remember, there was no, there was nothing about mishandling of classified information on the search warrant. So that wasn't even a suspicion. And like, that's the only issue. I mean, the Espionage Act, come on. All right. So the Iran nuclear deal is falling apart. And the media, of course, is reporting this all backward. The media is making it sound as though this is like bad for Iran. This is a win for the U.S. and a loss for the for, for Iran. And the reality is the exact opposite. Of course, the media is going to spin this as though this is like a Biden win because everything is a Biden win. Gas goes up in prices and somehow that's a Biden win or gas goes down by like a dime. It goes, hey, gas went from 480 to 470 a gallon. You're rich. You got like a $100 uh, raise. Pretend that you got a $100 raise this month because gas dropped to like 20 cents a gallon. It's only five bucks a gallon. But uh, they do this with everything. I mean, uh, millions of people are coming across the border. Win for Biden. That is actually a win for Biden because Biden wants uh, illegals because uh, then they vote Democrat. But this is the best. Think about it. I'm not even saying anything like, uh, you know, uh, some kind of like bombshell. I'm not even saying like some kind of radical thing. I'm just saying the fact. This is the best news for Iran. If the nuclear deal falls apart, who wins? Iran. Because right now Iran is weeks away from a nuclear weapon. By all, that, that is like the most, the, 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 the most conservative estimate, right? In other words, the estimate that has them furthest away, they're like 12 weeks away from a nuclear weapon. Uh, and by the way, they're probably even closer. But that's what, you know, that's what like the establishment is admitting to. And the UN, by the way, the UN now says they suspect that, that, that Iran's nuclear program is not for peaceful purposes. Are you kidding me? I'm going to read that headline to you in a minute. Uh, like, oh wow, the UN woke up and wait a second, the Iranians, they just want nuclear power plants. They just want, they want nuclear energy to power their homes and to, and to, and to power their cars. But wait a second, nuclear weapons? Nah. They they, they they completely deny any desire for a nuclear weapon. Their nuclear program is, 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 is for peaceful purposes. Wait a second, maybe not. So um, the, the Iranians after – so what, is, what has gone on here for the last year and a half between Biden and the Iranians? It's just been a show. It's been a game. We've told you this from day one where it's all, it's all one big stall tactic where literally Biden is running protection here. So the, Biden has allowed the Iranians to stall – while they have these 12 or 13 rounds of fake negotiations, they make zero progress, right? After, remember after like the fifth round of negotiations of talks with Iran, well, have you made any progress? Nah, not this time. All right. Sixth round, seventh round. Any progress now? No, we're still back to square one. Well, why are you having 
the negotiations. Why are you having these talks? You've had, you've had like 12 rounds of talks. And where are you? Well, we're still at square one. Well, maybe you got to stop having the talks. Or maybe you need someone else to have the talks. Or maybe the Iranians don't really want to talk. And the whole thing is just a game. So th- that's what this is. It's like, well, guys, if you don't make progress after round 11, you don't go to round 12. Okay? You impose heavy, heavy sanctions and you crush Iran's economy. With, with, with like 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 Trump did, and 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 you ma- and you make their currency worthless, like Trump did. But of course, that's not that's not what Biden wants to do. Biden wants to empower Iran for some completely nonsensical reason. So here's what's gone on. Here is now they announce, oh, you know what, the Iran deal fell apart. Well, who wins? The Iranians right now. The, the most sanctions have not been imposed or have not been enforced. So Europe is not enforcing. Europe has to deal with it. You say, well, the U.S. got out of the nuclear deal. Trump Trump uh, pulled out of the nuclear deal. There's still a nuclear deal. The, the, Europe, the Europeans are still supposed to enforce it. The UN is supposed to enforce it. But of course, they're not. For the most part. For the most part. Iran, they're selling oil. They're selling all sorts of things. They're committing terror acts all over the place. Terror attacks. I mean, Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad and everything else. And, um, and Hamas, those are all puppets. And not to mention the Houthi, the Houthi rebels in, uh, in Yemen. So the Iranians, they're running wild here with the terrorism and, and the RGC. They're selling oil to Russia and to China and, you know, other countries, North Korea. So Iran is making billions, if not trillions, and uh, they're, they're just getting away with developing a nuke, and nobody is stopping them. So who wins? Oh, but we spoke – well, we had those talks with Iran, all oh, those tough talks, those tough negotiations. They don't care. It's all one big. They're weeks away from a nuke, and there are zero consequences, and if no deal is put in place, then what is going to happen? So this entire Iran fiasco – from day one is all about. Now they announce, oh, you know what? We're not, the nuclear deal fell apart. Oh, wow. Well, good. That tough Biden, Biden's so tough on Iran. He's not going to cave into them. He's not going to give them a nuclear deal. That, don't you understand? That's the best thing that could ever happen to Iran because now that means that they can get close as, po- as close as possible to developing a nuke and no consequences, zero. The whole point of the nuclear deal is to impose a new set, new round of, of sanctions, which are going to be too weak anyway. So think about this. Now, what's going to happen? Now, whatever they sign, they're going to wait till after November. And then whatever they sign, whatever Biden and the Iranians, because there will eventually be a deal. You watch. But they're, Trump, Biden's going to make so many concessions and they're going to – here's how they're going to frame it. This is an emergency. The Iranians, they're this close to a nuclear weapon. We've got to sign something. We've got to sign anything. So Biden's going to make every concession under the sun. Yeah, the IRGC is not a terror group. Yeah, we're going to deliver billions of dollars in cash. We're going to drop them on a tarmac somewhere. But it's an emergency. We have no choice because – the Iranians are only uh, uh, on the brink of a nuclear weapon. They're, they're they're literally days away. So we had to make this this bogus deal. That that mark my words. That's the end game here. Here's an actual AP headline quote: IAEA officials unsure Iran's nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. That is a, a, a literally a headline from this week. IAEA, that's the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency, the the, the UN nuclear watchdog. IAEA officials unsure Iran's nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. You know, we're not sure. And they write this as a serious headline. This headline makes a mockery of anybody. You should not read the AP. This is egregious because every every five-year-old knows, you know, I mean, uh, anyone with half a brain knows that the Iranian nuclear program is – they say it. I mean, they roll out these nuclear weapons, nuclear-capable missiles – and they parade, and it says death to America, death to Israel. So the Iranians don't hide it. Then you have know, one diplomat who gets up and says, well, 
we just want clean energy. We just want nuclear energy for, you know, to power our country for, it's for peaceful purposes. And they do these, these missile launches, these missile test launches. And so they admit, they know, everybody knows. And it's a big game. It's a big joke. And then the AP reports with a straight face, IAEA officials not sure that Iran's nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. It is like the ultimate Iran propaganda. All right. Um, the illegals continue to invade the country in droves. And Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, she now says it is immoral and unpatriotic for Governor Abbott of Texas to bus migrants into Chicago. Here, here's what happened. We know that Abbott's been busing migrants, illegals, into Washington, D.C., into New York, right? So now Abbott is focusing on Chicago. He's trying to make all these liberals miserable. And uh, I don't know why they're miserable. I don't know why it's immoral. You want them. You invited them. You welcomed them. You said, we are a sanctuary city. Come to our city. So why should they be in Texas where they're not wanted and they don't get any government programs when he when Abbott can send them to New York, Chicago, D.C., and they're wanted. They're welcome with open arms, supposedly, and they get they get all sorts of government programs. It's winning the jackpot. It's winning the lottery for an illegal to go to Chicago or D.C. or New York. It's winning the lottery. So now he started. He sent thousands to New York. And by the way, there are like millions of illegals in Texas and Arizona. And like there's a, there's a couple of thousand in New York and Chicago. And they're whining. Eric Adams is whining. Lori Lightfoot is whining. So Lightfoot, she originally said that uh, Abbott was racist and xenophobic. Then she visited a shelter and she said that it's immoral and unpatriotic because it defies the values of who we are as Americans. Listen to this. 125 illegals were sent on a bus from Texas to Chicago. 125 illegals. It's a joke. And um, Lightfoot, Lori Lightfoot, she is pleading with Chicago residents to donate gift cards, clothing, baby formula for the illegals that arrived. And she's begging the federal government for help. And that's what they're all doing. Eric Adams is doing this. Muriel Bowser, D.C. and Lightfoot, they're saying they're saying to the federal government, they're saying, listen, we need billions of dollars because we all oh, they're whining we've got thousands of illegals invading our city and it's it's governor abbott's fault that immoral texas governor who actually wants to protect his own people and actually wants to help the illegals by sending them somewhere where they're welcome so we need bill that's the narrative we need billions of dollars of federal aid they're trying to use this as a fundraising tactic that's literally what this is so 125 illegals come to chicago and lightfoot's begging the federal government for money and um and, and and literally, just to put this into perspective, uh, in one week in Del Rio, Texas, border agents apprehended 13,000 illegals, which is a third of Del Rio's total population, 13,000 in one week. Lori Lightfoot gets 125 illegals and suddenly, you know, she's freaking out. She's having a meltdown. But um, but 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 the number of illegals in Texas is literally hundreds of thousands. And Texas, they're the ones who have to deal with it. They all come straight to Texas. They've got border patrol over there. The the the, the whole situation is just one big disgrace because of Biden and because of you know that that fraud, Mayorkas. Meanwhile, you know how much money Texas is saving. You know how much money Governor Abbott is saving. Uh, he he, it cost him twelve million dollars busing these illegals. To these sanctuary cities has cost Texas $12 million. You know how much he's saving? Uh, the state of Texas spends about $11 billion a year for illegal immigration. You know, when you talk about the border enforcement and you talk about all the money they spend and the government programs, they got to put them somewhere. So it's literally paying for itself. $11 billion a year, that's the cost of Texas. And it's only costing him $12 million 
to bust these thousands of illegals to these sanctuary cities. And Governor Abbott is not sitting there begging Biden for money saying, hey, we need more federal dollars. Yeah, he, he needs help. He needs border agents. He needs, he needs a lot more facilities, obviously. Biden created this major, massive mess. Trump had it solved and Biden reversed his policies and, uh, and wrecked the, you know, created the biggest border mess in American history, in American history by far. And Abbott's not sitting there, you know, Eric Adams and uh, Lori Lightfoot, they're sitting there using it as an excuse. They want more, they want more federal tax dollars. All right. Uh, Trump's, uh, endorsements, Trump's primary endorsements continue to, I mean, just be off the charts. Trump's success rate. In endorsements, uh, this is uh, as of about a week ago. Trump uh, has 214 wins and 19 losses uh, in the primaries for his for his candidates, candidates that he has endorsed. So, what's that? That's uh, 233 out of 233 races in the primaries thus far, where Trump has endorsed a candidate. 214 wins, 19 losses. You run the numbers on that. I mean, it, it, it's like uh, it's it's over 90 percent success rate. It's it, it's off the charts. There is no politician, I believe, in American history or in history period who has ever gotten anywhere near these kinds of numbers, this kind of success rate. And uh, I love these people who say that. How could anyone say that Trump is a liability? How could anybody say that Trump is a liability for the party when he is by far the most influential? leader in in the country on either side republican or democrat and and ever ever you think you think if george w bush now or even when he was president endorsed 240 candidates you think you'd get 214 wins no 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 one no one comes anywhere near even clinton even obama obama was as popular a democrat as they come i don't like obama but uh but he sure was popular and by the way republicans are clamoring for the trump endorsement number one look at liz cheney uh remember jeff sessions Anybody who picks a fight with Trump, I don't care if you're the most popular Republican in your state. If you fight with Trump, you will go down almost every time. Mo Brooks, Mo Brooks in Alabama, he lost. He lost the the, the race for Senate and uh, he was endorsed by Trump. Then Trump pulled, pulled the endorsement because Trump was upset that Mo Brooks eventually caved and uh, voted for Biden to become the president, you know, when they were, uh, you know, counting up the, the electoral votes. And and Mo Brooks, even after Trump pulled the endorsement, Mo Brooks was actually advertising, claiming that he did have Trump's endorsement, even though Trump had retracted. So that shows you how valuable it is, you know. But Trump somehow is a liability. All right, quickly, Dr. Fauci says that he's not going to testify in Congress. Fauci says Fauci's retiring in December, and he basically made it clear it's been yeah, yes, Fauci is retiring. Yes, boy, it's about time. In fact, it's long overdue. I mean, talk about unpopular. You know, if, if if Fauci endorsed 220 candidates for Congress, he, he'd be like one in 219, you know, one one win. But uh, but Fauci made it very clear that he wants to leave in December because he knows that the Republicans are going to take back the House and they are going to subpoena him. But the problem is, you know, even if he's no longer working for the government, he's still subject to that subpoena. Um, but he's not going to be in power, so he's hoping he'll be less of a target. But either way, Fauci says he's not going to testify. He says that. If, if the Republicans are going to engage in character assassination, then he's just going to ignore the subpoena. So think about this. Fauci says that and the media doesn't say, doesn't say anything. The media is silent and Fauci, of course, is a, is, is a national hero to the people on the left. He's going to ignore a congressional subpoena. Bannon, Steve Bannon has been convicted over contempt of Congress because he ignored a congressional subpoena, which was a bogus subpoena. You know, when Mark Meadows or Trump Say, say that they're going to ignore a congressional subpoena. 
the media goes haywire, you know, and, and Bannon got indicted and convicted. Uh, but but like Fauci does it and nobody says a peep. Uh, just go figure that out. And speaking of Dr. Fauci, I've been wanting to talk about Plaxivid for a while because this is fascinating. Plaxivid is the Pfizer drug for COVID. And it turns out um, Plaxivid causes COVID rebound in vaccinated patients. And it, look, there's all sorts of data coming out now about vaccines and vaccinated patients, you know, things that they're finding out as time goes on. I'm not going to get into vaccines right now, COVID vaccines, but I want to talk about Plaxivid because in vaccinated people who are vaccinated for COVID who then take Plaxivid, they get COVID rebound. They, they, they get, co- you know, they have COVID, they take Plaxivid, the COVID goes away, they test negative, and then they test positive again and the symptoms recur. They have a recurrence of symptoms. So originally this was like a rare event, but it's not a rare event. And it, it's very common. And you know what, you know what the FDA is saying now? You know, you know what Pfizer saying? They're saying, Let's give people even more plaques of it. I'm not kidding. Plaques of it is causing COVID rebound. That's because people need to take it even longer. This this shows you the bizarre logic over here where they're just trying to make, you know, generate money. And I, look, I'm pro-pharma. I'm pro-medicines. I'm not one of these people who, like, thinks that big pharma is evil. But I, I, it, it's ridiculous, you know, when, when they try to play these games and especially when it comes to COVID. So here's where it got amazing is – when you know they decided that COVID rebound is rare, but occasionally happens. This was in clinical trials, by the way. This is not something like some right wing conspiracy. When Plaxivid first came out, Pfizer warned. They discovered in trials that vaccinated patients who take uh, Plaxivid uh, could have COVID rebound, and it's linked. It was literally linked to Plaxivid. So that's a real thing. That's something that came from Pfizer and the CDC. But here's the amazing part: is like there were three people, right? Uh, Fauci. He tested negative, took Plaxivid, tested negative, then he, then he tested positive. Joe Biden took Plaxivid, tested negative, then he tested positive again. Then Jill Biden, right? All three. All three of them, right? What are the odds that all three of them and, – and, and, and you know, then people say, but how come we don't hear about it more often? Because nobody tests. People don't test. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, and Fauci are the only three people who are dumb enough to actually get tested after the symptoms go away. Who do you know – People don't test now at all because they don't want to, you know, test positive for COVID because it makes their life complicated. But and, you know, quarantining and all that stuff. But um, think about this for a moment. Right. Those three. Right. How many people in the country test positive for COVID? The symptoms go away and then they keep testing. They don't test again. So you say, well, why don't we hear about this more? Because nobody's testing after. Cer- certainly they never t- if they test negative once they're done. Biden, the two Bidens and Fauci, the only ones on the planet. And I don't care if they legally have to or not or whatever the protocol. They're the only ones on the planet who tested negative for COVID and then took a test the next day. So I bet you Plaxivit is causing COVID rebound and who knows how many people. But the, for, if you expect me to believe that it's just these three, right, who are like three of the only people who would ever test negative and then test positive and then ever take a test again. So that's what's pretty amazing that it was th- those three. I'm sure there's like 50 people in the country who actually test negative and then test again. But then, but, but Plaxivit, Plaxivit clearly causes you know, um, COVID rebound. Now, does that mean it's dangerous? I don't know, but people need to be aware of this. So what was the response? The FDA literally wants to give people even more Plaxivid, which is ludicrous. They're saying, listen, people are not taking it for long enough. So instead of giving it for five days, you need to give it for 10 days. And you know what nobody ever discusses? They never discuss monoclonal antibodies. Monoclonal antibodies work. I know many people who have taken monoclonal antibodies and feel so much better so quickly when they get diagnosed with COVID early on. And, um, and they're still around. They are still around and they're still quite effective depending on, you know, which one and which strain or whatever. 
But they don't discuss that. Why? Why are we always hearing about Plaxivit and vaccines but never about monoclonal antibodies? I'm guessing because it has to be administered intravenously and because it's expensive and it's probably not very profitable. But um, and I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you anecdotally from my experience, monoclonal antibodies are a great option. And in my experience, probably as good or better than plaques of it, but, and, and possibly safer, because I've never heard of any kind of adverse effects of monoclonal antibodies. Speak to a doctor, never listen to me, you know, for medical advice. Politics is one thing, not, you know, not medicine, but I do find this stuff interesting. All right. It's been great being with you. That's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.